Friday, July 17th, and here's what's coming up on LiveZone. We've got a sneak peek of my Music Lives On interview with Tiger Lily. Pitbull is coming to Live by Live, and we've got the details. Plus, we've got this week's trending headlines from Jada and Will's entanglement to the loss of Naya Rivera. This and more. Happy Friday. Welcome to Live Zone. I'm your host, Carly Henderson, and I'm joined by my co-host, Charles McBee. Hey, Charles. Carly, how's it going? How are you? It's going good. Surviving life in the queue, still cutting my own bangs, but you know what? It's all right. How are you? I'm cutting my own bangs as well, so we're in this together. We got this. We, we got it. <laughs> we got a lot to cover this week, so let's jump right into what's happening in the headlines. The entertainment industry is mourning the loss of actress Naya Rivera, who passed away this week at the age of 33. Rivera's acting career spanned almost three decades, so she's best known for her role as Santana Lopez on the Fox show Glee. On July 8th, Rivera was reported as missing on Lake Piru after her four-year-old son was discovered sleeping on a boat alone. The child reportedly told police that his mother went for a swim but never returned. After five days of searching, officials confirmed they were able to retrieve her body from the Southern California lake. Friends and former castmates of the late actress have taken to social media to pay tribute, like this message from Neo who wrote, goodbye mama, we'll miss you and we'll never forget you. And actress Jane Lynch, who tweeted, rest sweet Naya, what a force you were. Love and peace to your family. Fans have also been paying tribute with touching messages and reposting Naya's glee rendition of the song, If I Die Young by the band Perry, a tribute to the late Corey Monteith and his character, Finn Hudson. If I die young, bury me in satin, lay me down on a bed of roses, sink me in the river. Send me away with the words of a love song. Rest in peace, Naya. This is so tragic, so sad. Very, very sad. Um, I was a huge fan of hers, and when I first heard the news, I was heartbroken. I was hoping for the best, but definitely prayers go out to her and her family. For sure, we're sending them all the love. Now, Will Smith and Jada took a seat at the Red Table this week. Uh, now, this is right after August gave a tell-all interview to Angela Yee about his relationship with Jada, or as she calls it, an entanglement. Now, this broke all types of records on Facebook. This hit over like 15 million views in less than 24 hours. It sparked so much controversy that poor Will was trending all over Twitter. Now. Michael Jordan owes Will a box of, of flowers, of cigars, liquor, something, because the new crying face meme became Will Smith. Now, I was gonna write a bunch of jokes about Will. I was gonna write a bunch of jokes and I was gonna go in on them, but then I remembered that Will could have an entanglement with my girlfriend, with your girlfriend, with any woman he wants at any given time. So I just shut up, turned on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and minded my business. But Carly, what did you think? Did you watch the Red Table Talk? I just am surprised they aired that conversation out in public, on Facebook. And I thought it was interesting how Jada spun this into such a positive experience, saying she was grateful for it all. Oh man, what? Like, she, what? how did she pull that <laughs> off? It's, 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 it's mind work, it's trickery. That family is very well calculated. I was definitely tuned in. Uh, so, it, But here's the thing, I want everybody to realize this. Entanglements, this can only happen with rich people, all right? Rich couples get entanglements. 
Broke people, we get situationships. So don't get it twisted. <laughs> don't try this at home. This is strictly That's for true. the Smith family. All right, well, two musicians who got themselves into an entanglement of sorts are Tori Lanez and Megan Thee Stallion. So over the weekend, Tori and Meg were spotted together at a pool party in LA. And later on in the evening, the two were pulled over by police who were responding to reports of shots fired in the area. Now, Lanes, whose real name is Daystar Peterson, was arrested around 4.30 a.m. and charged with carrying a concealed weapon in his vehicle. And here's where the story gets a little bit murky. So Meg initially told police that she cut her foot on glass at the party, but it was later reported that she had bullets removed from her foot while at the hospital. Now, Meg took to social media to tell her side of the story, writing, the narrative that's being reported about Sunday morning's events are inaccurate, and I'd like to set the record straight. On Sunday morning, I suffered gunshot wounds as a result of a crime that was committed against me and done with the intention to physically harm me. So still no word on who shot Megan, and as for Tori, there's still no comment from his camp. So the story's still unfolding, and we'll definitely update you when we have more information. I'm just glad that she's okay, man. Someone else who was in a bit of some hot water this week, uh, Nick Cannon. He said some things that uh, the Jewish community, as well as many others, found to be offensive and anti-Semitic. Now, Viacom, which Nick is affiliated with, has been affiliated with for about 20 years now, all the way from Nickelodeon to MTV. They immediately wanted him to issue an apology, but Nick didn't do so in a timely manner, so Viacom severed their relationship with Nick and completely canceled his show, Wild and Out. But then he fired back on his social media saying, if I have furthered the hate speech, I wholeheartedly apologize, but now, I am the one making demands. I demand full ownership of my billion dollar Wild and Out brand that I created, and they will continue to misuse and destroy without my leadership. I demand that the hate and backdoor bullying cease, and while we are at it, now that the truth is out, I demand the apology. Now it's looking like this situation with him and Viacom may end up in court. We don't know how that's gonna pan out, but uh, Fox is not letting him go. They're keeping him on since he did apologize on Twitter. So he gets to host the Mass Singer. But I don't know. What, what did you think when you saw this, Carly? I think there are times when cancel culture does go a little bit too far. And I don't think yeah. that everyone should necessarily be canceled forever. But I mean, the world that we're living in is that people are getting fired for saying these things. So, I mean, I feel like he's a lot, he's got a lot of business ventures going on. He's got Mariah Carey's alimony. He's right. probably gonna be okay, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, if they need a new host for Wild and Out, listen, holla at your boy. You know what I'm saying? Charles we got you. We can, here. We can even do a duo, Carly, me and you, let's do it. Let's do it, let's do it. <laughs> All right, now let's check out what's happening new in music. DJ Khaled's been teasing not one, but two new songs featuring Drake on his social media all week long. And today, Popstar and Grease both arrived. Khaled, who's known for having a flair for the dramatic, might be an understatement, he posted a bunch of wild videos starring a freaking owl to his Instagram to promote the new singles. Check this out, fan love, fans worldwide. It's Alan Key. This Friday, two keys. That means two anthems. That means two songs. Owl and Key. Oh my God, this owl is living its best life, Charles. <laughs> I feel like uh, Drake is like the three-eyed raven only for owls. This is, this is wild. <laughs> so wild, oh man. Drake, who previously linked up with Khaled on their 2011 smash, I'm On One, is busy finishing up his new album in Barbados. 
He recently gave fans an update on the project, saying that it's 80% done. So for now, these new hits should hold us over. Come on me, fly you out to breathe. Full speed, so volley Paris. Speed balls, baby, in Nikki Beach. Ways in my ass, smoking weed. Now the group formerly known as the Dixie Chicks are back, everybody. That's right, after a long time out of the game, they are back with their eighth studio album. This is called Gaslighter. Now, you may remember that about 17 years ago, they got in trouble when they went overseas and they talked about how they were ashamed to be from Texas, which is where President Bush 43 was from. This is because he had gotten us into the Iraq war. But they got blackballed, uh, they got ostracized, and they kind of took a break, but now they are back. And they are not, if you don't, if you're not able to tell by the title of their album, they still got that same energy, everybody. They got that same smoke because their new single is called March, March. I can't believe it's been 14 years since their last album. They've done a bunch of collabs, so it doesn't feel like it's been that long, right. but man, how the world has changed in those 14 years. They're the OGs of taking their political platform and using it to speak out on injustices and social issues and politics. So they're not new to this, they're true to this. Well, speaking of long delays, British pop star Ellie Goulding is back with the arrival of her first album in nearly five years, Brightest Blue. The light singer has been open about her battle with anxiety and she said she needed to take some time off to heal herself. She touches on these issues on side one of her two-part album. Side two is more of an upbeat pop album with features from Laub, Sway Lee, and late rapper Juice World. A little something for everyone and props to Ellie for taking a little time off to take care of herself. Absolutely, you gotta do that. You gotta make sure your mind is right. You know what I mean? For sure. Now, SoCal rapper Cal, formerly known as Super Duper Cal, is out with his sophomore album, See You When I'm Famous. Now, this is kind of a self-fulfilled prophecy that he gave himself back when he was in high school. I wish I had that kind of vision when I was in high school. Now, this album is highly anticipated follow-up to Cal's 2018 debut, Light of Mine, which included the hit, I Spy, that put him on the map. The album the title cover is like, like I said, it's a fulfillment, it's a prophecy. I kind of can relate to him. I mean, when I was in high school, I wasn't as popular as he was, but he's biracial, I'm biracial. I mean, both my parents are black, but I listen to Aerosmith a lot, so <laughs> we have that in common. But he has a lot it. of dope, dope features on the album. He's got Rich the Kid, Too Short, even Tiger, who lent his vocals to Kyle's visualizer, Money Now. You cut my time, now my watch costs a hundred thousand. Knew I would make it, oh, you believe in my vision now. And I own my own lane, niggas lamed out. Don't treat me like a stepchild when I step out. Now, grunge music veterans Bush have released their eighth studio album, The Kingdom, all right? And they are actually doing, uh, they're doing an arena concert. And you might be thinking, arena concert? What are you talking about arena concert? We are, is COVID over? Are we done with the <laughs> pandemic? No, they have always been ahead of the curve and they're doing the same now. They're doing a virtual live arena concert. And it's coming out July 18th to celebrate the release of their album. Man, something about these British alternative bands, it just makes them feel timeless. Another band who seemed to defy age and time, Coldplay. And last week, they celebrated a very special anniversary. This month, Coldplay celebrates the 20th anniversary of their hit album, Parachutes, propelled to the top of the charts with the help of the runaway single, Yellow. When it was called Yellow, 
consisting of vocalist pianist Chris Martin, guitarist Johnny Buckland, bassist Guy Berryman, and drummer Will Champion. The band would go on to achieve success in a music market that, at the time, was seeing the UK charts dominated by dance music and hip-hop. As 90s alternative rock kings Radiohead had shifted to their new electronic sound, music fans that wanted that more familiar acoustic rock-based sound found their home in Coldplay, along with musical peers like Travis, Oasis, and R.E.M. Coldplay would go on to score 24 top 40 hits with songs like Yellow, In My Place, Viva La Vida, and most recently their biggest hit to date, Something Just Like This. In their two decades as a rock band, Coldplay has taken home American Music Awards, MTV Video Music Awards, Billboard Music Awards, and have placed seven Grammys on their mantle. With over 100 million records sold, Coldplay have certainly earned their place amongst rock royalty, and following the examples of bands like U2 and R.E.M., have managed to stay together to this day, continuing to bring their fans worldwide music in the studio and on the stage. Wow, 20 years and still putting out hits. Parachutes wasn't the only historic thing to happen this week. Coldplay are in very good company this week because it was an extremely busy time in music history. Did you know that one of the most iconic concerts ever happened 35 years ago this very week? I'll give you a hint. Ayo! <laughs> Over the years, music has given us so many memorable moments. And what better way than remembering some of its most iconic ones than looking back to see what had happened this week in music history. On July 13, 1985, music legends Mick Jagger and David Bowie joined forces and debuted the video Dancing in the Street as a part of Live Aid. All profits went to charity and the single topped the UK charts. After this collaboration, Jagger and Bowie kept a close and long-lasting friendship but drifted apart in Bowie's last years of life. That same day, David Bowie performed Heroes at Live Aid in front of 72,000 people in Wembley Stadium. Another memorable performance in 1985's Live Aid concert was Queen's show, which is without a doubt one of the most iconic moments in music history. For 22 minutes, Freddie Mercury gave a mesmerizing performance making rock history at the benefit concert that was watched by nearly 2 billion people worldwide. You can relive this moment in the Queen movie biopic, Bohemian Rhapsody. On July 14, 1988, Michael Jackson set an attendance record with his Bad World Tour when he played the first of seven sold-out nights at Wembley Stadium in London. The shows were attended by a total of 504,000 fans, entering Michael into the Guinness Book of World Records. The King of Pop unfortunately died on June 25th of 2009 at the age of 50. The same day in 1992, the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin, who was active in the Democratic Party, sung the U.S. National Anthem at the Democratic National Convention in New York. Bill Clinton went on to defeat George H.W. Bush, becoming the 42nd President of the United States. The life and career of one of the greatest voices of the 20th century is coming to the big screen next year in the biopic Respect, where Aretha Franklin is portrayed by Jennifer Hudson. You have to disturb the peace when you can't get no peace. After announcing their conscious uncoupling in 2014, on July 15th of 2016, Academy Award-winning actress Gwyneth Paltrow and Coldplay's frontman Chris Martin officially divorced. Putting an end to their 13-year marriage, 
The two still keep a close relationship as co-parents and friends. And talking about Coldplay, on July 16th of 2000, their debut release, Parachutes, went to number one on the UK album chart. The album that included hits like Shiver, Yellow and Trouble, won the Grammy Award for Best Alternative Music Album in 2002 and is now celebrating its 20th year anniversary. On a day like today in 1959, we lost the jazz music icon Billie Holiday. After years of alcohol and drug abuse, the singer who had recorded classics such as the civil rights anthem Strange Fruit died in a New York City hospital from cirrhosis of the liver at age 43. May she rest in peace. And this is what happened this week in music history. Strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees. Oh man, Charles, we've been talking a lot about entanglements this week, but we can't forget about Chris Martin and Gwen Paltrow and the iconic moment of conscious uncoupling. If I said it once, I said it a thousand times. Only rich people can get entanglements and conscious uncouplings, whatever that is, all right? When you're broke, you just get broken up with. You just get ghosted, yes. that's it. Now we also saw uh, in the package that they were talking about Live Aid and what a historic event that was. And one of the greatest performances of all time came from Freddie Mercury, lead singer of Queen. Now many people know him to be the lead singer and how amazing his voice was, but they understand, a lot of people don't understand how serious his pen game was. He's one of the greatest writers of all time. He wrote a lot of those songs. And speaking of writers, BMI had their 2020 BMI Pop Awards this week, and we broke down who took home some of those awards. The 68th Annual BMI Awards went virtual this year, but the prizes were as real as ever. The BMI Pop Awards celebrated the achievements of 2020's top songwriters. Top honors for Song of the Year were taken by Halsey for her song Without Me, making it her first number one on the Billboard charts. The Songwriter of the Year prize was shared by Khalid for his songs Beautiful, Better, Talk, and Eastside. And fan favorite Post Malone for his songs Jackie Chan, Goodbye, Sunflower, and Wow. Both of who were also nominated for Record of the Year. Recognition for a Publisher of the Year went to Sony slash ATV Music, whose rosters includes hitmakers like Little Nas X, Camila Cabello and Shawn Mendes, Lizzo, and duo Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. All songs reached the number one on Billboard's Hot 100. BMI VP stated, we thank our community of music creators for sharing their gift of songwriting, and we look forward to celebrating with everyone in person at next year's ceremony. Now, big ups and congrats to all of those winners. Now, BMI isn't the only organization that helps artists and writers and singers get to the bag. ASCAP also does the same thing, and they just announced that Cardi B took home their Writer of the Year Award in Rhythm and Soul category. Now, she did this for the second year in a row, making her the first female to achieve this. Now. Carly has been getting a lot of flack for not writing her own rhymes. She's, she even got dissed by Nicki Minaj for not writing her rhymes. Well, this 
this kind of puts everybody in their place. She's been saying for a long time that she does write a rhyme. She does work very hard. For sure. I mean, I don't often think of Cardi as a writer before I think of her as a rapper and just her whole personality, but she really does kill it with the lyrics. And I feel like I love seeing the ladies succeed and I want more Cardi in the world. More, more songs now, please. We all need more Cardi. We do, we do. Well, another record-breaking Latino artist was in the news this week. Pitbull, Mr. 305, announced a partnership with Live by Live to bring you exclusive content, including four pay-per-view concerts coming this fall. Pitbull made the announcement on CNBC this week and spoke about meeting the challenge that COVID-19 has set for the music industry head on. When the going get tough, the tough get going. This is all about reinventing yourself, challenging yourself, pivoting, and that's what entrepreneurship about is about, and also being creative. So I look forward to and, and, and really appreciate the opportunity with Live by Live to be able to give music to the world again, because that really uni unifies, heals, and is the universal language. So for me, it's, I love a challenge, to be honest with you, so I'm, I'm all up for it. His drive and ability to overcome adversity is definitely in his DNA. Let's check out how Pitbull came to be Mr. Worldwide. Tell me again. We're going behind the music with an extended version of your artist's DNA, taking a detailed look at the life and the times of Mr. 305, AKA Pitbull. Born to Cuban expatriates in Miami, Armando Cristian Perez was drawn to the music early on, highly influenced by the sound of Miami bass and artists like Celia Cruz and Willie Chirino. At the dawn of the millennium, he stepped out as a performer choosing the name Pitbull because, quote, those dogs bite to lock. They're too stupid to lose, and they're outlawed in Dade County. They're basically everything that I am. Let's go, let's go! <laughs> In 2004, Pitbull released his debut album, Miami. Executively produced by Lil Jon, his first single, Culo, cracked the top 40 and he was invited to join the Anger Management Tour, headlined by Eminem and 50 Cent. The album El Mariel followed in 2006 along with the boat lift in 2007. But it was his fourth album, Pitbull, starring in Revolution, that launched him into worldwide superstardom. Fueled by high-profile collaborations with the likes of B.O.B., Akon, and Kesha, the album made its debut in the top 10 and includes his big breakthrough hit, I Know You Want Me, Calle Ocho, sampling the classic track 75 Brazil Street by Nicola Fasana versus Pat Rich. It went all the way to number two on the Billboard Hot 100 charts. <laughs> Pitbull next dropped his first Spanish language album, Armando, in 2010, winning Univision's Lo Nuestra Award for Urban Album of the Year. Arguably the biggest star in Latin music as the 2010s began, Pitbull found himself highly in demand, called to collaborate with everyone from Janet Jackson to Cypress Hill to Usher. In 2011, Jennifer Lopez invited him to join her on the two singles from her love album, including the worldwide hit, On the Floor. This set the stage for the album Planet Pit, which included his first number one single, Give Me Everything, featuring Neo and Dutch DJ Afrojack. Global Warming would follow, featuring Feel This Moment, a duet event with Christina Aguilera that cracked the top 10, and then he hit the top of the charts yet again with Timber. The collaboration with Kesha ended up going to the number one spot in 18 countries. You 
Bull ended the year by taking home the trophy for best urban performance at the Latin Grammy Awards for his song Echa Paya, Manos Pa' Arriba. In 2019, Pitbull returned to his musical roots with the Spanish-language album Libertad 548, featuring a wide array of collaborators including Flo Rida, Prince Royce, Ludacris, and Tito Bambino. No lo trates, no. Nothing, Natasha. The album spawned the hit Latin single No Lo Trates, featuring Daddy Yankee and Nati Natasha, eventually going six times platinum, proving that Pitbull has the power to mix his roots with high commerce. With a career now spanning two decades, Pitbull has sold over 7.5 million albums and 100 million singles worldwide, along with over 15 billion views on YouTube, and was ranked as one of the top 50 artists of the 2010s by Billboard. Originally known as Mr. 305, representing the Miami area code, he truly has earned his nickname, Mr. Worldwide. And that's your Pitbull DNA. He is definitely king of Miami. So he for sure is. Yeah. Can't I'm wait. So can't wait. This. Now, with all the hits that he has in his repertoire, you know the concert is going to be lit. Now, the first concert, the date is September 12th, and you can get tickets right here on Live by Live at livexlive.com starting August 14th. So circle those dates on your calendar. Now, I know September 12th feels like a long time from now. You're like, come on, Charles, we got to get through the whole summer. We got to wait till September 12th. Well, don't worry. Relax, chill. We got you. All right. We got some awesome live music to hold you over till then. Now, music lives on, goes down every week after Live Zone. So hopefully you're catching it. But if you're not, here's a little bit of what you missed out on on last week's show. Now, this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute and just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. performances last week. This week we have even more music and interviews with artists like Tiger Lily, who I got the chance to sit down with. Well, your most recent single, What If, envisions a world where everyone is loved equally. Um, why is that important for you to put that message out into the world right now? Yeah, we've actually had that song kind of in our pockets for a really long time, and we've never really known the right time to release it out into the world. And just with everything going on this year, we felt like a message of, of love and treating each other with kindness and respect. And I think we 
all would love to live in a world where there wasn't any hate and any of this, you know, kind of stuff going on. So that's why we released it. And it just has a really special meaning to us. And especially because we did write it so long ago and it still feels so relevant now. What we don't. Guns, the sticks, the stones, the fire bombs. Judge on the beauty that comes from within, not by the color of your skin. Oh, what if we stop saying words that only cause the world of hurt and took the time to give? That does it for us here today. I'm Carly Henderson. And I'm Charles McBee for Live Zone. For more music culture, follow us here on Live by Live.